Hey listener, Miles here from Acast. Thanks for listening to one of our shows. Here's a question for you. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? We believe that everybody has a story to tell. So whatever you love talking about, we know there are listeners out there who will love to hear it. Whether you're an armchair expert or a couple of friends who love to spill the tea, maybe you simply want to speak your mind. Start sharing your story with a podcast. With Acast, it couldn't be easier to get started. You can record and edit, grow, and make money across all listening apps, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get started with a three-month free trial of our paid plan using the promo code START. Just visit go.acast.com slash start. Acast, we're the home of podcasting. You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. ABC Tonight. Special Agent Will Trent. Judge Bureau Investigation. I told him I'd bring my best. Will sees things that no one else does. Based on the New York Times bestselling series. But why Will Trent? He's good police. And he's objectively hot. See crime. Put out an Amber Alert. There's a kidnapping. Through his eyes. He read that crime scene like it was a book. Ramon Rodriguez is. I'm a pretty observant guy. Will Trent. Series premiere tonight, tonight central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Hey, and welcome to Fan Theory Queries, where we analyze fan theories from all over the internet, but mostly Reddit. I'm Laura. I'm Michael. And I am Spencer. I'm coming back at you guys with another Parks and Rec fan theory. Yes. Arguably one of the best television shows in modern history. Agreed. I actually won't argue with you. (laughs) I'm glad to hear that. That's That will not be a point of contention for us. This is pertaining to Ron Swanson. Yes, the best character uh, in the show. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> uh, now, I will argue that point. <laughs> I, there, It is hard, I think, to, to say anybody is the best character. They are such unique and great characters that they each kind of have their own greatness in their own right. Although I'm not a huge fan of Anne, I will say that. (laughs) Yeah, I do agree that it's kind of hard to put each one above another. But if I were to choose one that I liked the best, I would say Ron wins just barely. But I I do agree Anne is kind of a terrible character. And what's his name for the first? Well, he's only the first season. I think it was Mark. Mark. I hated that guy. Mark. Mark Brandenowin. My turn. My turn. My turn. You can start. Um, there are four characters that I could do without, and that is Mark, that is Councilman Jam. What? <laughs> there is John Ralphio and his sister. I can't stand them either. Oh, come on. Oh I love gosh. to hate all of them except for Mark. Mark's the only one that I can agree with you. No, those those guys are awful. They're, they're supposed to yeah. be. <laughs> they do a too good of a job. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, that's your opinion. I just, you know what? I just want this show. Let's just do a spinoff of just like Lars mentioned before, of all the second, third, fourth character in the background that only show up once or twice. Oh, have a line here, people. there. I want those the townspeople. <laughs> yeah. We need a show about the townspeople. I want people. a uh. show that's based on a talk show that is run by Herd. Yep, Herd. Herd, he's the best. He's very good. Okay, so this is about Ron. Like I said, yes. this comes from Reddit user. Sorrow with a T, but you have to guess where the T goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Swanson mentions. I'll show you where the T goes. Okay, whoa, whoa! This is a family-friendly podcast. There. Uh, 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 never mind. Right, so Swanson mentions quite a few Whoops. times 
that he has buried treasures somewhere in Pawnee. You find out later that it's buried under a tree in a park. At least, some of it. The only reason he's working a government job is to make sure nobody digs in that park with his hidden treasure. Anyone wanting to plant a tree or dig at all has to ask permission from the parks department, which Ron runs. Ron protects his investments, even though he hates his government job. And that's the theory. That's pretty, that's pretty solid. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yep. Pretty concise. Pretty cut and dry. Very much like Ron. Um, his actions mostly speak for himself. Mm-hmm. When, uh, it, it's, a re- it's a thing right now. It's a trend on... I guess probably TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. On I see them on Instagram, which everybody says the joke is that if you're seeing it on Instagram, that means it was a trend a month ago on TikTok. <laughs> uh, True. But it's a, a sound bite of Ron Swanson saying, here, I have a permit. To <laughs> yes. somebody and they go this just says i do what i want yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh it's one of my favorite lines right do you do you have initial thoughts or would you like to hear some comments since this was a pretty short theory yeah i mean there's there's not a i mean it's not going to delve into a big argument um because i know like one of the comments is brought up several times that he mentions in the show that he's there to like be a blockade to the government progress or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think that he can't have two motivations for being there. And what's funny is I found there's a copy of his treasure map <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I'm clicking on this link right now to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Someone actually de- tried to decipher like the little scribbles and symbols on there. And apparently they know they figured out where his treasure treasure is. And, um, it's pretty clever. I'll put a link to it in the show notes in case people want to take a look at it. But um, essentially, this person is saying that Ron Swanson stashed millions in gold. There's an old pioneer graveyard southwest of the lonely spot of the southwest bend of Cane Branch, wherever that is. So, I mean, I don't see any reason why this is could be controversial. Maybe not controversial, but I think there are some other points to bring up. And Michael, if you don't have okay. anything else, I might. I think I'll go ahead and dive into these comments. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's. I mean, this is pretty straightforward in my opinion. So I, I want to hear what other people have to say. Okay. Uh, so user Sean Prefect came in and said it's mentioned over and over in the series that he works in government to slow things down and screw things up, which of course he could be saying that just ambiguously because he doesn't want to even point anyone in the direction of his treasure. Because mm-hmm. so, I mean, ultimately. According to this theory, that's what he's slowing down and screwing up is any attempts to locate that. So then OP comes back and says, but it doesn't make any sense, question mark. He can't <laughs> control much from Parks Department, and he turned down the city manager job. It's all just a well-planned ruse to protect his money. What? I don't understand what... He did turn down the city manager job. I know. I don't know what Soros trying to say here. Well, they're, they're saying that it doesn't make sense that... His goal in getting this job is just to slow down the government. Oh. He's saying that doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he can't control much. He can't slow down the government by just being in the parks department. Mm-hmm. We'll keep going through these comments, and I'll come back to what I am thinking. Okay. okay. Uh, so we've got a new Batman commenter. Ooh. We had a Batman commenter last time. This is Batman 53090. And they say it did seem a bit odd that a man who despises the government as much as Ron Swanson does would stay in his position as Parks and Recreation Director for so long. If he really wanted to dismantle the government, he might have sought a promotion to city manager, which we just said he turned it down. And then Obi-Wan Jabroni (laughs) comes in. 
and says that was his stated goal early on in the show. Chris was ready to offer him the job of assistant city manager in route to city manager during the campaign season, but then tells Ron it's a job he might not be able to offer him should Bobby win, of course. He admits he hired Tom because he slowed things down enough. April was his assistant because she intentionally screwed things up. Yeah. I loved when she scheduled all of oh, his yes. appointments. <laughs> yeah. For, for March thirty first, right? No, there is a March thirty first. It was right. That's the point. She didn't yeah. think there was a March thirty first. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. She. <laughs> that's right, because she got the months messed up when you do uh, thirty days half September. Yep. Yeah. Kilo Calais says maybe he buried it in the pit. <laughs> Very possible. <laughs> <laughs> Which is now a park. Which would exactly yep. still be a park. <laughs> yep. Who is? Yeah. Which apparently. Why am I blanking on the actor's name? Chris Pratt? No. Ron Swanson. Nick Offerman? Nick Offerman will perform, maybe it's not the pit. Oh, he does Bye Bye Little Sebastian Mm -hmm. at his stand-up. That's awesome. That's fantastic. I love Mm -hmm. it. So none of the commenters brought this up, so I'll say it, about digging in a park. I don't know that it's the park director's ultimate veto for that. I think that that would need to go to, like, city planning and the... You know, the the council, uh, as far as getting a permit for something like that, that I don't know that that's only falls under the purview of the parks department. Well, I don't know. It might be different per city, but I would imagine and this might show our ignorance, but I would imagine it would just be a, a, a major chain like it. If it succeeded at this point, it would just keep going until it was either accepted or turned down. And so if it went up the chain. To Ron, Ron wouldn't let it get any further than getting it to be approved through city council or whatever. I don't. I don't see how if it falls under the, you know, the jurisdiction of the parks department, it would ultimately go through them before going anywhere else to get approval. I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that makes sense. You know what I would love? I would love if there's a listener who is much more knowledgeable about city politics. Yes. In general, goings on. To write us and school us on this. So far, we've only been schooled on whether or not Jack and Rose could share a piece of wood in the ocean. Right. And what type of wood it was. Yes. Which, again, I I thank the listener. Mm -hmm. We thank you again for your um, knowledge, but we don't have time to go over that. Right. But we would love. Yeah, we don't have time to go over that on the air. But if if somebody else can write us and let us know about that, let us know. But my suspicion is I don't think that would necessarily fall under ron's job to be able to make those designations any other thoughts fellas before we rate this not really this this one to me seems kind of cut and dry i'm just trying to think i haven't watched through the show as many times as laura you have and maybe we should do another rewatch because it is such an enjoyable (laughs) experience yep but um you you know i don't (laughs) he doesn't make it as big of a deal throughout the show and of course i guess he wouldn't if he was trying to keep it a secret, Duh. but there's there's not enough references for me to you know confidently say yes or no on this one. I don't think, and with my knowledge of how small town city governments work, we we just don't have every bit of evidence that we could have. But I I'm I think I have enough to to formulate my rating. Yeah, great. Well, then before we rate this theory, Michael, could you go over our rating scale? For sure. The highest rating that we have is Genius. 
This is reserved for only the best theories, which we believe are better than the actual canon. The next step down is plausible. It's a good theory. It's believable. Unlikely is next. It's not a terrible theory, but pretty unlikely, as the name suggests. And then the last thing is preposterous. These are the theories that are just stupid. Basically, we're all dumber for having listened to them. Let's hear what you have hmm. to say. Can I go first, please? Okay, do it. <laughs> I I think this is genius. Uh, in my opinion, this is now canon. I absolutely love it. It just seems on brand for Ron. I mean, I think that the lack of evidence that you mentioned, Spencer, for me is a non-issue. Because in mm -hmm. my mind, he's intentionally not bringing it up very much to keep the secret. And whether or not he does have the power to veto mm -hmm. anything, whether or not the ultimate decision does come down to the city council, that wouldn't have stopped him from trying to get the job in the first place. You know, maybe he initially did think he had the control and still thinks he does have some sort of control. Yeah. Uh, maybe any little bit of control that he can get to prevent people from digging to find his treasure, he's going to take with that um, – point made i think i'm just gonna say it's plausible not quite genius level for me nothing's been brought up to completely debunk this as not being a possibility so plausible for me okay. i will also say plausible i think the lack of evidence can totally be chalked up just to the character of ron mm -hmm. um the fact mm -hmm. that so many people who worked with him didn't find out until the end of the series that he was duke silver or mm -hmm. didn't find <laughs> yeah. out until so late in the show i cannot remember which season it was that there was another Tammy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That there were two Tammies, and then that his mother's name is Tammy. <laughs> I mean, that that's a lot of stuff that he was able to keep hidden. They just kind of came out not even Weren't of his own. Weren't there three Tammies? What? Weren't there three Tammies? There's his mother, and there's his real wife, Megan Mullally. Mm -hmm. There's the old lady, Tammy. Wait, what? Old lady? You mean his mom? Yeah, there's an older Tammy. No. Oh, you mean Tammy one? Probably. Yeah, that's... Who knows? That's all I know of. Okay. Right. So, I mean, those are things he was able to keep under wraps on his own. It was that those things only came out. He didn't will those things to come out. He was trying to keep them hidden. So right. I think that all of the lack of evidence totally lends credence to it. I'm not going to go so far as to say genius just because I'm still iffy on how being the director of the parks and recreation would help quashing any kind of motions like that to dig in a park. I love that word. <laughs> Quash. Yep. It is a fun mm -hmm. word. So that was well, a fun theory to start the show off with. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, um, we just love scouring the Internet for fascinating fan theories. But sometimes it's nice to just sit back and let someone else do your work for you. Exactly. And that's the only reason why we had kids. If you have an intriguing fan theory, whether you came up with it or found it on the net, send it our way. We'll have content for the show and you'll get credit in the episode. Sounds like a win-win. You can email us at fantheoryqueries at gmail.com. Or leave a message through the contact form on our website, fantheoryqueries.com. It's a great website, by the way. Made it all by myself with the help of the website builder's tech support. So when I initially found this next theory, I was like, oh, that's cute. Um, but the more I started preparing for it, the more excited I got about it. <laughs> and so preference, preference, preface? Preface. Um, this is a longer one. I'm going to try to abbreviate it a bit. You may have not seen this show, but if you haven't, I highly recommend you at least watch one episode. This is the show called... Bluey. Now, this is a children's show, but I would argue that anybody that watches the show will enjoy it and at least get something out of it, whether it's the humor or the, oh, that's so cute, or even a life lesson to be learned. Even if you are 37 or 73 or 3, 
Bluey is a fantastic show. Our children watch the show. They're obsessed with it. And we listen to the soundtrack in the car all the time. We have the girls have the toys. And if you have not seen the show, don't worry. You can still listen to the theory. In fact, it might make you even more intrigued to watch the show. A neat fact, the show is only like seven or eight minutes long per episode, yeah, each, right, Laura? each episode or each little snippet of it. Yeah, I would say they're all pretty short. Yeah, you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. But yeah, this this is the theory is called Bluey the Supernatural. And the name or the author of this theory is called Writer Haha. And so this is a little bit of a longer one because it has lots of different evidence built up to it. But I'm going to try to abbreviate a little bit. Bluey is an Australian kids show with three seasons of episodes showing the adventures of the Healer family. Cartoon Blue and Red Healer Dogs. Chili, which is the mom, Bandit, who's the dad, Bingo, the four-year-old daughter, and Bluey, the six-year-old daughter. Between adventures, life lessons, and genuinely fun family humor, there are odd elements of the supernatural leading to my theory that the family and cast is aware that the healers and their home has mystical properties and that the two daughters are the most powerful. The most obvious sign is the appearance of fairies in the episode Fairies, where a sprite appears. Although Chili and Bandit recognize they exist, it's played to the audience that fairies are like the Easter Bunny, until Bingo sees one at the end of the episode. However, Bandit, who is standing next to her, does not see the fairy. Now that knowing magic exists in the universe, you review the rest of the first season, specifically Magic Xylophone. In the episode, the Magic Xylophone is found and it freezes and unfreezes a person when struck. In the episode, Bandit is frozen and unfrozen multiple times by the girls... He gets the instrument once, and while striking it, he's able to freeze Bluey, but not Bingo. It's presented as fun, red light, green light game, but with the appearance of magic, it makes you wonder. A similar case is in the episode Asparagus. In the episode, Chili gives Bluey a stock of asparagus to the dinner table that has the power to turn people into animals or to act like animals. Again, it's played as a game, but it's also worth noting, while Chili and Bandit immediately assume animal traits... Bingo is able to resist and say, no, I don't want to be a piglet. And once she's turned into a piglet, she's under the same spell. So, in keeping with the magical items theme, the season two episode Feather Wand features a seemingly random feather becoming an object that can turn things heavy and unheavy as the user points and says the word. Similar to the magic xylophone, Bluey mentions that Bingo has the feather wand and is using it while the parents don't react surprised. The neighbors are aware of the magic. Wendy, aside from witnessing shenanigans from Bandit, is aware of the magic and scoffs at the healers. The real interesting one is Lucky's dad. In Asparagus, he's attacked by Bingo and Chili, who are lions, and his reaction is, Mrs. Healer, I'm not too sure about this. Just a couple of throwaway mentions. In the episode Camping, Chili makes the throwaway line that the world is a magical place before night. Before night, sky lights up full of stars. During the Feather Wand episode, while blocking the door from Bingo, Bandit says, You shall not pass! Fun line from Lord of the Rings, but interesting choice. <laughs> and finally, the reoccurring exchange with Bluey to adults. Hey, Bingo, let's play! Name of game here, which is responded oh, no. to as, Oh, no, not... <laughs> yeah. Are the parents bummed they'll be playing a game? Or influenced by magic? So that is the the full theory and I feel like some of these instances this theorizer, theory writer gave, I feel like they need a little bit more context to really reveal the the full weight of what that means. So before I do that, do you all have any initial thoughts or comments? You just want to go in to get into those. I'll keep mine short. First off, I have never seen this show. I've never, I honestly hadn't even heard of it until 
you told me you were going to do this theory. And so I have zero context in this, mm-hmm. so I'm going to well, be pretty this will objective. Help you. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to yeah. be pretty objective in, in my rating of this. But I will say this sounds like they're, this sounds a little kind of dark. Like they're using the Imperius <laughs> curse from Harry Potter to control these people and make them do whatever they want. I don't okay. like that. <laughs> oh, you don't like it. All right. Well, this will help you give you a little context. And just just as a side note, just the overall tone of this movie is just – it's a f- family show, meaning that there's nothing else out of the ordinary other than this just being a world inhabited by anthropomorphic dogs. So even almost – I mean – and the humor is great. I hate to compare it to Family Guy, but it's sort of a, a, a similar thing where – Obviously, yeah, there are funny jokes in Family Guy about crazy things that are happening. But in general, the supernatural is not just an everyday thing, you know. So that's why some of this stuff is out of place. But let me go back to the episode called Fairies. And again, this is just a playful kind of thing where the initial appearance is just that for us as the audience members, these are just kids playing these made up games and pretending and that kind of thing. Let's just look at a few more pieces of evidence here. So I'm not going to read the entire synopsis but in the episode bingo starts off by building a domino track and when she is like punished her dad tells her to go away because she's busy suddenly bluey the dad and mom all find their tails braided they didn't realize anybody braided their tails but fairies are blamed for being the ones that did this and so they like get together to try to catch the fairies but then while they're assembling nobody sees it but all of a sudden there's stickers all over bluey's back and mom gets a peg beard Mm -hmm. And again, we don't see this happen. And there's really no time or opportunity for Bingo because initially you think, oh, Bingo is just doing this to get back at dad for being mean. But there's no time for her to do these things. And the the final funny thing is <laughs> they dad goes out, not the final thing, but there are fairy rings in the backyard, which if you step into them, they make you dance and you can't stop dancing. And so eventually dad... Bingo gets more upset and shows she, like, freezes. You can't move. She finger, freezes with her finger in her nose. Dad finds himself in the the dancing ring, and he's, like, dancing, 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 and he can't stop, and he doesn't stop. And then, what, Lara, what does he, how does he eventually stop? Either Bingo or Bluey, one of them jumps and shoves him out, and they get trapped in the ring. At the end of the episode, Bingo's dominoes are all mm-hmm. set up again. Again, this is another one of those instances where there were no opportunities for her to have gone and set them up herself. So it's just strange that if they were trying to play it that way. And again, this is cartoon. So there doesn't have to be logic for certain things to happen. But it just doesn't fit. You know, if you know what I'm saying. As far as if it was Bingo actually mm-hmm. doing this. A couple other things real quick. Magic, magic xylophone. Dad gets frozen whenever it gets mm-hmm. hit. And, so and they like, manipulate they, him and put him in poses. Fro- yeah. Put his fingers up his nose and put a bow on him and... Later, Dad freezes Bluey and takes her outside to be a garden gnome with the threat of closing her down. But Bingo's hiding in the bushes and unfreezes Bluey while Dad goes to get the hose. (laughs) It's just the worst. And then Bluey tries to grab the xylophone again. Bingo freezes her to tell her that it makes her sad when she don't take turns. When they play together, she only unfreezes Bluey after she promises to take turns. But then what happens? Then they freeze Bandit with him holding the hose towards his face. And they turn it on full oh, blast, right. and it is just blasting him in the face, and he's not moving. He do- He's frozen. They literally started waterboarding the <laughs> one character. Yeah. What was his, what was his name-o? 
I've been resisting doing His the whole Nemo thing <laughs> since you started talking and said bingo oh, first. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to interrupt because you, you were on a roll. With don't your resist. Reading. Never resist. Don't resist. You should no. know that by now with us. The last thing that I want to bring up is <laughs> asparagus when they're turning into animals. It escalates quite but like that's the thing like so one of the things laura and i talk about with this show is we love it but we hate it because the parents they're amazing parents like they're patient they are wise but they also do such a great job of playing they are uninhibited all of these Um, things that their kids are demanding of them they (laughs) go full tilt yeah and and just commit and it sets really high expectations from the girls, and they always expect us to like play. Like the but one we don't. where you talked about the dance game, they were in the middle of the crosswalk mm-hmm. and made them start dancing. Yeah. And there are cars mm-hmm. honking at them to get out of the crosswalk, but they can't stop dancing. See that one to me sounds like uh, in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. There's a spell <laughs> called Auto's Irresistible okay. Dance, where you make your enemy dance uncontrollably, and they can't stop until you, the spell ends. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what that sounds yeah. like to me. What does it go like three rounds? Yeah, um, and then and then whenever they changed into animals, that's polymorph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, so let me just tell you the extent to which, if they're p- just playing along to make their kids have a good time, this is the extent at least Bandit oh. the dog goes to. They're all dogs during the asparagus. What well, did Bandit the dad? Sorry, <laughs> is what I meant to say. During the episode where they get turned into animals by the magic asparagus. So Bandit becomes a lion and he gets scared and runs up a tree. And then he gets turned into a walrus falls and falls out. out of the tree. And then they get back inside and Dad, Daddy Walrus attempts to poo on the rug. And Bingo Bird eats the magic asparagus. And basically the whole premise of that episode was teaching manners and being polite that's how, how it all got started with and there are some more things that i could go into but that's i think that's enough of evidence to throw out there there really was only one comment from good job usa and this person says that was a lot of reading and now my head hurts but i feel like bingo must be magical because case in point during the feather wand episode she pops up out of the tub and heavies bluey's toothbrush and Bluey clearly doesn't hear what was said and didn't actually see Bingo cast the wand. But the toothbrush is apparently too heavy for Bluey, and it falls to the floor as she tries to pick Ooh, it up. Oh, good point. I thought that was a good good catch. Very good catch. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and kind of summarize some bits and points that I've said throughout the whole episode, or through all this whole theory. This This could either be a case of... They're learning lessons through each of these things. And from my retelling of these certain events, that may not always be clear. But if you were to watch them, you'd understand what the uh, the moral of the story is. And that one would say, oh, this is just an avenue to tell the moral, to, to prove a point, to make give the kids a learning opportunity. And the parents are just playing along because they're good parents. Or you could look at it as... No, there's some supernatural stuff going on, and everybody knows it, and they just accept it that that's how the world is. Michael, do you have any thoughts before we go into our, our ratings here? Other than your your fear and your terror that you have gathered from hearing about all these events? I, I mean, 
most i've said most of, of what i mm-hmm. feel about this like it just so feels it feels like a it's a lot darker of a show than no than it's kids not show dark to me it's, it's not and i mean they, they're casting all these magic spells on each other and then they have this magic asparagus drugs well and and let me let me also point something out this is also important to know that there are three seasons and most seasons have about 30 episodes in them so we have maybe made mention of five total out of over almost 90 episodes at this point Mm -hmm. so it's not an everyday occurrence it's just it is present in the world that they live in okay anyway that's 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 it for, for my discussion part. I, I think I'm All right. ready to read. So, Laura, let's go to you. I'm going to give this a plausible. Um, I won't go as far as to say that this is genius just because there is still a little bit of disbelief there of... I mean, I'm saying that about a dog. About anthropomorphic <laughs> dogs. <laughs> really? I can't believe I'm saying that. But, I mean... You never see, like, the swishes and flickers and magical effects. You just see reactions. Well, that's, that's, all, that's all a, you know, a romanticization but by I Hollywood that does that. That's not how magic really is. <laughs> well, I, I still am Clearly. only going to go with plausible on this. Um, we've been parents for nine years now. How on earth, how on earth could any parent commit the way that they do unless they were being coerced through the use of magic (laughs) right which is why i'm going to take my turn now i'm going to say this is genius (laughs) because i I mean i don't know if it's it's hard to say that it's genius because it's like surface face value the show is saying well of course this is what it is like they're not saying oh let's play this pretend game or as far as I know, Bandit never says, oh, I'm so tired of playing pretend with these girls. I need a break. It's always just either, oh, okay, or we're going to commit 100% to this. And again, they act like this is just how things mm-hmm. are. They made mention of the theory of neighbors and other people. It's not just a family thing. Everybody else knows this is happening. They don't act like anything's out of the ordinary when these kinds of things happen. In fact, the neighbors quote-unquote, play along, or other kids will play along when these instances happen, which would require everybody to have that kind of effort to play around with kids. And not everybody's like that with kids. You know, you've seen that meme where where it's like, if a three-year-old hands you a Mm -hmm. phone, you better answer it and say, who is Mm -hmm. this, or else, or or some kind of thing like that. But not everybody's going to do that, Mm -hmm. especially if they don't know what's happening. And that's another instance is... When when one of these games or whatever, like I don't, I, I don't, without going through all of this text again, I won't know. But let's just say an example of Bingo runs up with the asparagus to a neighbor walking by. He doesn't know what game they're playing, but they react accordingly, like they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. And so I just think that that solidifies in my mind that this supernatural element in Bluey is real. But what I love about it is that. It takes backseat to everything that goes on. It's there to tap into for fun. And Michael, I promise it is for fun, not for torture. <laughs> um, but they don't make the show about that. And it's it's more of a plot device, I guess, to really take things, you know, to the next level. As it, or um, not to the next level, but like more, what's the word I'm looking for? 
over the top, I guess. And the way that they achieve that through the supernatural means is really fun and, and enjoyable to watch. And so that makes me feel like this is a genius idea. Okay. Well, for most of this, I was actually sitting in an unlikely because I I didn't want to believe that it was true. <laughs> because if it was true, then it felt like it was really dark to me. But in reality, if I just put those feelings aside, I, I do have to give this a plausible because mm-hmm. when all said and done, this is a kid's show. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, when it's a kid's show, pretty much anything mm-hmm. is possible. Like there's yeah. there's not really a lot of guidelines as far as imagination goes with kids shows so yeah sure i'll give it a plausible great and now we're actually going to invite some special guests onto the show post recording session this is actually several days later when i had a great idea to ask our children emma and jane the experts of bluey what they think of this theory so we'll start with emma emma is nine you heard the theory so what do you think would you rate this genius plausible unlikely or preposterous I think I go with plausible. So you think it's it's could be true, but not a hundred percent like confirmed genius so creative. Yeah, I like the theory. Me and Jane love Bluey, and yeah, I just think it's plausible. So you think it's possible that there's actually magic and Bluey and Bingo are actually magical? Yeah, usually in kids shows, it's like all magical, and yeah, this could be magical. Okay, Jane, how would you rate the theory? I would think it's plausible. So you think it's plausible, too. So you think that, uh, like I asked Emma, Bluey and Bingo are actually magical and they're like fairies are real and that kind of thing? Yeah. Does it make the show more fun? Yes, of course. Why would it not be fun? All right, thanks, girls. Cool. Well, next time you're over, we need to show you an episode because it doesn't take much up of your time. And it's just, it really, it's such a charming Fun and enjoyable the girls show. will be more than happy to recommend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be like a, a sommelier picking the best vintage <laughs> and trying to procure a good episode to, to show you. Well, we'll just show him fairies. Okay. They they dance to the music from the yeah, Titanic. That, that's that song down in third class that they dance to after he yeah. saves her from jumping over the edge of the boat. Michael does. Oh know. yeah, you never saw it. Never mind. My bad. Yeah, I'll just use my imagination. So have have you guys ever experienced the horrifying consequences of an impulsive decision you made in the heat of the moment? Yes, our first child was born. Yes, Michael, I'm still married to him. Well, let's take a quick message break, and when we come back, we'll discuss a theory that suggests Genie created a horrifying kingdom when he granted one of Aladdin's wishes. Yikes. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. 
Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's triviality. Monsters are as old as humanity itself. Monsters embody our fears. Yet, they help us define the boundaries of what it means to be human. We know most monsters aren't real. Yet, we can use monsters to learn about reality, psychology, biology, folklore, literature, critical thinking. We're on a journey to learn about the world through the lens of monsters. And we hope you'll come along with us. Subscribe at monstertalk.org. All right, so the theory that I brought to the table this time is from user Bobgar71. I bet he was born in 1971. I, I figured he was born in 1980. Anyway, Bob Bobgar says, In Aladdin, the genie created an entire horrifying kingdom from thin air when Aladdin wished to be a prince. So, in Aladdin, when he makes his first wish, Aladdin specifically says, Genie, I wish for you to make me a prince. He doesn't say, I wish for you to make me seem like a prince. Because that would be a dumb wish. (laughs) (laughs) And here's here's where it gets weird. Prince isn't just an honorific. It's a job title. One that implies that he's in line to be the ruler of a kingdom. That gives us two options. One, the genie commits a magical coup against the rulers of an existing kingdom. Or two, the genie creates an entirely new kingdom out of thin air. Yeah, yeah. So... Later in the movie, Jafar implies he's never heard of a Babwa, meaning it is most likely the second option. Mm. The implications of this are a little horrifying. In order to create a kingdom, this implies citizens, buildings, animals, an economy, etc. Where did these people come from? Did the genie create life out of thin air like a god, or did he kidnap people? Furthermore, who is running this kingdom? In the sequels, we see that Aladdin's dad is a thief, so he's not the king. We know Aladdin is not running it. He's off in Agrabah. Further, assuming the genie created humans to fill Aladdin's kingdom, do they have memories? Or are they confused about who they are and how they got there? <laughs> when when Jafar undid Aladdin's wish, were they all killed? Oh my god. <laughs> Any way you look at the genie instantly making Aladdin a prince, there are terrifying implications. Wow. So that's the theory. Yeah. (laughs) So before we, before we start discussions, there are a few, a couple of notes that I made that I want to clarify a few things from this theory. So uh, one of them is that genies or like gin, which is what the genies are based off of. Not the drink. uh, Gen D J I N N for those Mm -hmm. listening. They have a history of quote unquote lawyer lawyering those who make wishes by finding a way to give them like what they wish for, but also exploiting any detail omission, uncarefully phrased wish or loophole that they can. So that is something to think about when you're thinking about Mm -hmm. the wording of his wish. And another thing is in in regards to uh, towards the end of the theory where he says uh, where they all killed, there's a rule that genie Mm -hmm. can't kill anyone. So it's more likely that they just kind of cease to exist if they were in fact conjured from nothing. However, if they were already alive and drawn into a new life, it's probable that they just returned to their old lives without the memory of what transpired. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's the theory. What do you guys so think? So I guess about like it? the magical coup, I guess that's not what we're discussing here, but he creates an entire new kingdom. And so we're just trying to give validity to that that's an issue 
and there are horrible things that happen as a result. We're not necessarily yes. trying to determine what specifically. Yes, that's correct. Okay. They're all basically right. just the fact that he did create a new kingdom means that there are all these other things that are attached that are consequences of him creating a new kingdom. Gotcha. I think that this person makes very great points, stuff that I didn't even think about. Of course, you don't think about that kind of thing when you're a kid. But right. even as a grown-up watching it, it didn't occur to me, where where these people come from? I just, I've just, as an adult, laughed at the name Ababwa. It's just funny. <laughs> and I tried to hold back a laugh whenever you said it when you were reading the theory. <laughs> because you said it funny, too. But I guess anyone that says it, it's funny. It sounds funny. When I was hearing this, I literally, when you said about creating a new kingdom out of thin air, I literally saw him just like, plop, just in the middle of the desert. Okay, here's a new <laughs> city. I do want to say, I mean, if you're going to go into like the realism, the doyalist kind of view of it, then you're going to ruin what I'm about to say. But I mean, they talk about his dad. Why can't his mom be running this place, yeah. this kingdom? I mean, I think that's that's totally valid. I, You're right. What were the three rules that Jeannie had? He can't make someone fall in love with you. Oh, you, you can't, can't wish raise... more wishes. You, you right. can't bring anyone back from the dead. You right. can't make somebody fall in love and he can't kill anybody. Okay. And you can't wish for more wishes. Right. Okay. So he can create people. In fact, yeah. Didn't in he technically, he created, yeah. Cause that whole parade, I thought the people in the parade were from the kingdom of Ababwa. Ababwa doesn't exist. So, but it does now because the genie made it. Exactly. But, but I do have a personal, my, like my own personal theory on where the people that are the people of Ababwa came from. Okay. So Genie turns Boo into an elephant so that Aladdin has an elephant to ride in on. So that makes me think that he uses other beings and turns them into things to fuel his creation, essentially. So I think that he actually turned other animals into humans to make all the people for the purpose <laughs> of this. And yep. then whenever Jafar undoes the wish... All those people just turn back into animals and are transported back to wherever it was that they came from, that Genie got them from. That's Very interesting. interesting. Yeah. My question would remain, if he is a prince, he still has to be a prince of a kingdom. Let's not think about the people, but politically, geographically, is there an actual kingdom somewhere? Or is it just, say, just a title? It's another thing you have to think about. I'm sure there is a kingdom somewhere because it doesn't say that the kingdom has to be like a full size kingdom. It could just be a patch of land. Like, <laughs> like today you can you can Victoria. become a, you can become a, a a lord in Scotland by purchasing a one by one foot piece of of land in Scotland. And they why haven't we done that? By the that. way, <laughs> I want to. <laughs> it just costs more money than I have to spend on something like that. Oh, right okay. now. we'll make the kingdom of queries. Yes. Anyway, so. Before we continue on, let me get through some of these comments because there are some some good points made in these comments, mm -hmm. and then maybe that'll further our discussion a bit. The Great Bra, B-R-A-H, says his dad was the king of thieves, so he is the prince of thieves. But is it because of the wish, though? In response to that, user Contrabardus says no. Being the son of the king of thieves doesn't make Aladdin an actual prince any more than someone being the son of the mattress king makes them yeah. being the prince of mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> he says, 
they say, sure, that might be a nickname or something someone says as a joke, but it's not an actual legitimate title. That might be a wish-twisting genie answer to that sort of wish, such as the sort of genie Jafar ends up being. But the genie of the lamp is shown to be pretty much on the up-and-up about granting wishes with the intent of the wisher in mind. Which is a good point, because we never really see the genie of the lamp, Robin Williams' character, ever do anything that really is kind of twisting and kind of lawyering, like I said before, like most genies would do. So it makes me believe that he does have Aladdin's best wishes in mind. And then user Jewelbull73 says, actually, is deeper than that. His dad becomes the king of thieves when Aladdin makes his wish. His dad relays that a job went bad and everyone but him died, if I remember correctly, in a cave-in, so he became king. The loophole to the genie can't kill anyone rule is the thieves technically killed themselves through the actions. Hmm, okay. Which kind of makes sense. It's a, it's a fair point. Let me get through the, the last, I think there's three more comments here that are pretty quick, and then we can continue our discussion. User Rough Comprehensive 87 says, I thought they were made of sand, not at all real, just an illusion. And in response to that, Stein Recour says the genie had to change the monkey into an elephant because he couldn't fake the thing Aladdin wrote in on. Everything else was just an illusion. But it was all part of a big sting operation to get permission to marry Jasmine, which made Aladdin a real prince, therefore fulfilling the wish. A time-delayed wish. Yeah, that's a good point. And that actually kind of aligns with my theory of, even though he says everything else was an illusion, I, it kind of gives a little bit of credence to my theory that all the people were made from animals. Last comment is from Berg Guy 3 They say, while I don't think he created a whole new country per se, the genie definitely created a bunch of people. Aladdin had a literal army of dancers, bell ringers, swordsmen, camels, monkeys, peacocks, etc., that were all tangible, living, breathing things. So even if a Babwa didn't did exist it. as a location, it now did as a people. And the genie can't kill anyone, so they weren't just poofed away. So now there's just a bunch of homeless, stateless people and animals wandering around Agrabah. The economic impact to Agrabah would be devastating. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're all worried about. Yes, yes, of course. So I think there's a lot of good points made on either side through these comments. I think that I, I kind of know where I land on this, but did the comments change anything for you guys? I would say just the whole process since you started changed everything I thought I knew <laughs> and believed about this. I'm at a completely different point now than I was going into this after having initially read it. So yeah, I'm excited to bring up my thoughts. You know, I think this is the most interesting comment section we've had. Normally with comment sections... We'll have the OP post and then the comments will come in either mostly in support of or like lending more evidence to their idea or mm -hmm. just totally contradicting. But mm -hmm. these comments, it feels like, I mean, it's so back and forth. Like there's so yeah. many different ways to go about this. Yeah, it I feels agree. like an actual discussion. <laughs> right. We have a wide range here of... Mm of different ways that this can sway you. If you're listening to all these comments and OP and going, well, now I just don't know what to think, which is mm -hmm. really subtext for how Laura feels right now. <laughs> you can go last. Okay. I'll go first. How about that? Okay, go for it. All right. So just in case you were curious which way, I initially was thinking that this was at the very least plausible just because I think it's funny. 
even though it's supposed to be <laughs> horrific, it's also like mm-hmm. a funny premise. But the more we got into it and I thought about it, I'm leaning more towards unlikely. Mm. I don't think it's preposterous, but I think it's unlikely. And here's why. This whole theory hangs on the very first two sentences, which is Aladdin specifically says, Genie, I wish for you to make me a prince. He doesn't say, I wish for you to make me seem like a prince, which I initially laughed at. It's really funny. And then he further explains, prince isn't just an honor if it's a job title. He's not a prince, quote unquote, when he makes him one. He doesn't go serve as a prince. He doesn't go perform the job of a prince. He is, he does only seem like a prince. And so I'm leaning towards some version of these people being an illusion made of sand, Michael, your animal theory, whatever. But I really don't think that he created an entire kingdom of brand new made up people just so Aladdin could be a prince. I think Ababwa is a made-up word because, like I said, it sounds funny. Uh, it just sounds like something whenever you like are flustered. Ababa, ababa, <laughs> I don't know. And it just as as funny as it may sound, you know, this last comment. There's all these people. He had all these army of dancers and bell ringers. There has they have to come from somewhere, do they? No. Regardless of their creation, whether it's a transformation or a you know. a a mirage an illusion whatever that doesn't really matter the fact is there's absolutely no need for him to create a separate kingdom for aladdin to become a prince because for all intents and purposes everybody that's observing the events he is a prince with or without an actual kingdom so unlikely cool I've been dying to rate this one. I fully agree with you, Spencer. Those first two lines are are kind of a kicker for me, but also Genie is one of my all-time favorite Disney characters, and Aladdin is my favorite Disney movie from the old-school animated ones. One of the things I love about Genie is that he genuinely seems to care for Aladdin and Mm -hmm. is trying to help him out, like do him a solid. And so he's going i in my mind i feel like he's going to find a way to manipulate the words in a positive light as opposed to where most genies do it in a negative light so he's going to try and push the rules that he of the things that he can't do as Mm. much as he can in order to help aladdin out i think that for me is gonna make this preposterous because i just don't see i just don't see genie having to having any need to actually create an entire kingdom he he knows that secretly he's really trying to just make aladdin and jasmine fall in love but he can't do that technically with the rules so he's trying to find a loophole around that yeah and so he's just making aladdin look as good as he can so that he can kind of push things in the right direction so yeah it's preposterous for me stein ricker said he becomes a prince anyway yeah a real one fulfilling the wish yep that's just a different like i said a little bit of a longer path toward the ultimate goal agreed i am with y'all as well i just don't think i can i can go there with this we we've talked about how all of those people got created as part of the parade well i mean even just the first number that he did of never had a friend like me he created mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people in the cave and yeah. you literally watched them poof <laughs> <laughs> remember the yeah. the harem girls that are dancing around him and they mm-hmm. just poof 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 each one individually when he's about to try to like hug them or whatever i think this is unlikely as well that's a very good point. Cool. Yeah. I I haven't seen the movie enough to really remember scenes like that. 
But if that happens, and I, I'm very surprised that that's not brought up here, as there's people that are adamantly like, well, he's just not going to poof people. Well, he did, so. Exactly. Wow, okay. Well, that that ended completely different than I thought it was going to at the very <laughs> beginning. Laura? Spencer? Michael? Guys? It's time to bring this episode to close, after all that good stuff. But before we do, I, I do want to share... You know, normally I'm coming across these really fascinating details about movies and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. just the other day, while I was searching, I came across one about a, a TV show, Supergirl. You may have heard of it. It was initially on CBS, and then they dumped it. And then you mean CW? CW was no, it was initially on CBS. It was on CBS was first. It? Did you know that? And then I did yeah. not know that. And yes. they dumped it. And then CW was like, "Well, our bar is low enough. We'll take it." <laughs> Ouch! It's a fair um, point. That's not that's the detail, point. though. My former <laughs> acting coach was on there. You back off. Uh, that's not a knock on him. <laughs> We're okay. all we've all done things we're ashamed of. The the user that that found this detail is Natuga or Natagu, and they said that recently, and I didn't know this. Supergirl got an award for the best CGI on British Columbian TV because of the garbage monster in one of the newer episodes. This is a reference to the fact that the show is the best when they make garbage. <laughs> I knew it was going somewhere like that. <laughs> it's like garbage oh, came goodness. up. I went, oh, we're going there. Okay. Uh -huh. <laughs> this, this is funny. I didn't even notice this till today or till just now. Uh, the the top comment on that detail is, I heard Garbage Monster is Ezra Miller's codename at WB these days. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, burn. <gasps> oh, oh, wow. Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> well, this has been Fan Theory Queries. I'm Laura. I'm Michael. And I'm Spencer. Join us next time as we analyze more fan theories and ask queries such as, is The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, a prequel to Adam West's 1966 Batman? We'll discuss that and other fascinating fan theories on next week's episode. Fan Theory Queries is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West, The Accidental Creative, and Movie Therapy. Did you know you can join the same podcast network trusted by superstars like Mark Marin and Anna Ferris? That's right. If you want to join the best of the best in podcasting, join or switch your podcast to Acast in just a matter of minutes. We've got the best tools to create, grow, and make money from your show. And that's why more than 92,000 shows love Acast. Join Acast with a three-month free trial to our paid plan using the code JOIN. Just visit go.acast.com slash join. Acast, we're the home of podcasting.